We had no marketing budget. We were just working these crazy hours. Yeah. I was driving around, going to these dang expos. I would put the dang, uh, the expo fee on a credit card. Yeah. I would go to the expo, and I'd just pray that we would have enough money to pay for it. <laughs> and one day, I just got frustrated, and I was out sampling for something, and I just went in there. I was like, I want to talk to the store manager. Yeah. I had a little Aeropop full of the warm milk with their drink mix. Sure. And I was like, try this. And he tried it, and he's like, wow, this is really good. And then he brought the whole deli department that came out. They all tried it. Then he brought all the upper management. Wow. Next incredible. day, they put in a, a order. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name is Landon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Il Primo Espresso Cafe. Il Primo is located at Woodlawn and Central in Wichita and is the oldest coffee shop in the city. They offer a wide variety of drinks, including a drink of the week, like this week's drink, S'mores Cold Brew with Chocolate Whip, or a Cold Brew Granita with Pink Whip, and many more options. Stop by Il Primo today and get your day started. On today's episode, I spoke with Eddie Sandoval. Eddie is the CEO and founder of Pinole Blue, which makes food and beverage products made from blue corn with ties back to Chihuahua, Mexico, and the Aztecs. Enjoy my conversation with Eddie Sandoval. All right, I'm here with Eddie Sandoval of Pinole Blue. How are you doing, Eddie? Pretty good. How are you doing, Landon? I'm doing well. Um, can you just tell just a little bit about yourself to get started? Yeah, my name is Eddie Sandoval. Um, I'm 24 years old, and I started Pinole Blue. I'm originally from a small town by Salina called Solomon. Have okay. you ever heard of Solomon? I actually haven't heard of that. Solomon, do you know where Abilene is? Yes. Between Salina and Abilene okay. is the small town of Solomon. Gotcha. thousand people, don't Very even small. have a gas station, uh, 32 kids. In my is there a high school there? Yeah, there is. Okay. 32 kids in my graduating class. Wow. Uh, I went to school there, was raised, born in Salina, raised in Solomon my whole life. My parents have been living there for over 30 years. Okay. Um, went Got a full ride scholarship to come to Wichita State to study finance. Very cool. In 2013, mm-hmm. uh, then I graduated in 2017 with my business finance degree. Okay. But right before I graduated, um, I couldn't find really a job, as you know, with senior when you're a senior, how stressful that can be. Oh yeah. And I was I had applied to a bunch of jobs. Um, I had good experience and stuff, and but I had this idea of Pinole for a little while. It was kind of lingering in my mind because my sister lived in Boulder, Colorado mm-hmm. at the time. And they're like health cautious yeah, yeah. <laughs> to another level. Mm-hmm. And I saw the a lot of people were like running with just like the minimal shoes, a lot of those five foot yeah, five yeah. finger shoes yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I was just Vibram like, wow, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, I think the Pedonia would be a good idea. And came back and I told the idea to my professor, and she thought it was just brilliant. And next thing you know, she convinced me. My Christmas <laughs> break. Okay. I drove down to Mexico, brought back half a ton of corn from my truck in my back corn. of my truck, mm-hmm. organic blue corn, and we started in my garage. Wow. Next thing you know, we sold 300 pounds of our panola, which is just the roasted ground corn, um, yeah. in over the in just three months, over 300 pounds in three months, and we won, and we competed in the Wichita State New Venture Competition. And I won it in 2017, and that's how I started the business uh-huh. right before I graduated. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. So let's just back it up just a little bit. So you got a full ride to Wichita State. Was it there a competition or did you just apply for that? Uh, I was the Linwood Six- Sexton Scholarship. Oh, yeah. Have mm-hmm. you heard of? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge scholarship, uh, four years. Everything's paid for. It's a big endowment scholarship. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, it's a huge process. I don't even know, like over 500 people apply or something like yeah. that, and you have an interview. Yeah. Congrats. That's awesome. That sets you up pretty well. So. Yeah, it was great. It's great. Um, so w- you had a couple internships in school, um, getting your finance degree. What was your plan if you didn't have Panola Blues starting up? I My whole life, I really thought I wanted to be a financial analyst. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd work for a while, and then I'd start a business. Um, but then I noticed how hard that was, and then I was like, maybe I want to be like a credit analyst or yeah. loan manager, just something in the financial field. Like, sure. I thought I'd be working for some big investment bank. Yeah. That was really what I wanted to do. Okay, cool. Um, so then, so you graduated in May of 17 then? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you had about a semester left then. So what did that look like that next semester? Did you dive like full into that once you decided about it? or? 
Oh, like when I won the competition? Yeah, so is that that's the whole second semester then? Yeah, so I, I won it in April 28th okay. mm-hmm. of 2017, and I graduated two weeks later. Perfect, May. okay. Yeah, yeah. So did you spend a lot of time during that fall or that spring semester then? Yeah, oh, yeah, the whole thing was just yeah. blue. Like, goodness, even I couldn't even, like, focus in school. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, what the heck am I going to do with my life and sure. then this competition? And I, I'm not going to lie to you, like, I think I won this competition and I still went to a job interview because I still didn't even know if I yeah. wanted to do it. <laughs> Not sure if it's quite, yeah, yeah. but that's a pretty good prize. So did that help kind of kickstart Pinole Blue then after you graduated? Yeah. So, I mean, it helped, uh, definitely tremendously mm-hmm. at least getting us started. And, um, at that time, I mean, <laughs> we were just clueless. We, I had these little lunch bags and we we're just stamping a logo <laughs> on it and going to these people selling on Facebook and Craigslist, right. like, nothing big. Yeah. And then, after I won the competition, like reality hit, like I got to see like all the things you got to do and right. licensing and insurance and sure. and then I was struggling to find a dang commercial kitchen. It was just crazy. I bet. So who is we? Is that your team from the Shocker or is it just so, you? So when I won the venture competition, I had another business partner okay. and we, we won it together. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the summer of 17, we kind of went our own ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was still in school and sure. I was trying to go full right at it, full at it and Things just didn't work out, yeah. so we went our separate ways, and it took until October to really get Panola Blue going. Okay, yeah, that's not. It seems like a long time, but it's not like too long in the I know. large. Scope <laughs> that's what of everyone thing. tells yeah. me. You know, like sure man, didn't feel that way though. You won the check in April, and you started in October. That's awesome. And to me, I was going crazy. I thought yeah. it took forever. Yeah, for sure. Um, so can you just talk a little bit more about Panola? Um, what grew to that? Like, how do you know about Panola, et cetera? Yeah, so I guess. I should have done a little better with my background. Oh, you're good. Uh, my parents are both from Mexico. Okay. They're from northern Mexico, from the state of Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. They've lived in Solomon, my hometown, for like over 32 years now. Uh-huh. So um, we were the only Hispanics in the whole town, and my parents both are from rural areas in mm-hmm. Chihuahua. Uh, my entire life, we always drank pinole. Um, my dad works road construction, and mm-hmm. he says nothing works better than drinking roasted ground corn with water. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly then and so my entire life we drank it uh a lot and then i came to wichita and i saw a huge hispanic market and you couldn't find it here either and i was just like wow like hmm. there's actually if my family's struggling to find it other people must oh, be struggling. sure but so that's kind of a little bit on that but on the family end mm-hmm. but the uh with the panola to tell you a little more about what it is is uh so it's a recipe that comes since the time of the Aztecs that involves roasting the corn and grinding it into a fine powder. It mm-hmm. almost is like roasted corn flour. Sure. Um, the thing is, we use organic blue corn. Blue corn actually has the same antioxidants as blueberries. That is why the kernel is blue. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it in there. I did, yeah. I yeah. saw a couple of them. And blue corn actually has 20% more protein than yellow or white corn. And blue corn has this, um, is a complex carbohydrate, so okay. it slowly breaks down in your body to give you energy. Gotcha. Uh, so the Aztecs have been using this for years because they would just drink it with water to provide energy for the warriors. Right. Um, and then later on we started adding more cinnamon and sugar to it. And then there's a very popular Hispanic drink called atole mm-hmm. and that involves tr- putting roasted corn with cinnamon sugar and warm milk. Right. Okay. I the milk, that. Yeah. 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 The milk came from the Aztecs when they started conquering and they yeah. started adding milk to it. Gotcha. Okay. So that's kind of how that background behind Pinole and, there's an indigenous tribe in northern Mexico called the Tarahumaras. They're actually descendants of the Aztecs. Okay. They Didn't know that. pretty much ran all the way up to the northern part. Chihuahua is the border state with Texas, mm-hmm. other side of, um, of El Paso. Sure. Um, so this area, there's a very remote area called the Copper Canyon. I don't know if you ever heard about. I have heard in of Chihuahua. That, yeah. yeah. It's, how you'd have to do some research, but I think it's like three times bigger and steeper than the Grand Canyon. Oh wow. It's just crazy, and the elevation. Um, it's just tremendous. And this indigenous tribe, the reason they're still around is because they actually hid from the Spanish so well up in the canyon they were never hmm. able to defeat them all. And that's why they still reside there and they're one of the last isolated tribes. And they are known for running long distances up in the mountains with sandals made out of tires. Some run wow. even barefoot. Yeah. And we'll drink the roasted ground corn with just water and we'll run 50 to 100 miles a day. That's unreal. There's even a book called Born to Run that talks about it. Yeah. It's still like a New York Times bestseller. And they even brought these Tarahumara runners to Leadville, Colorado, to run a 100-mile race in the highest elevation, probably, I think it's the city with the highest elevation in the U.S. And they were being in the top at sponsored athletes, running in sandals with, (laughs) made out of tires, drinking this, and smoking a cigarette on top of the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
yeah, I mean, this book came out. Yeah. The whole minimum movement just exploded. I mean, people were re-box dropped research. Uh, Am- sorry, not Amazon. Amazon probably wasn't even around at that time. Reebok, Harvard, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they were just wondering, what the heck is it? And the thing is, modern shoes have so much cushion. Mm-hmm. It makes our feet weaker. That's yeah. why there's so many injuries and torn ACLs. Right, right. And when you have no cushion, just the sandal, it makes your foot naturally stronger. And yes, I mean, I bet genetics has to do with it. Yeah. But just the physique of that part and then the other part comes from the diet being sure. with just the minimal food and carbs yeah, helping yeah. them. That's interesting. I think one of my roommates, um, we had a roommate that came and stayed with us for an internship. He was from New York or somewhere, mm-hmm. um, but he, he was reading that book at the time. And so I, I'm pretty sure that summer I went and ran barefoot a couple times because he inspired <laughs> me from that really? book. So, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some movies supposed to come out with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I haven't actually read it. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. And there's an audible and a TED talk about it. Yeah, too. for sure. That's cool. Um, so... How often did you go to Mexico growing up? Are your your family there still? Yeah, I still have a lot of family there. Uh, growing up, we would go twice a year, okay. summer and then bit, yeah. Christmas. So I was very familiar with the culture and everything. And while I was down there, my parents, I mean, you see the Tarahumaras all over the place. And mm-hmm. my dad told me stories about them because my dad is from the mountains, from the yeah. same district. My dad even knows their language. Oh, really? Because Tarahumaras, they have their own language, their own dialect. Is that a variation of Spanish, or is it No, different? it's very indigenous. Oh, wow. Uh, there might be some Spanish words sure. tied into By it. Now, By now, there's some. Yeah, That's yeah. interesting, though. Wow. Yeah, like, uh, hi, how are you, is cuidato we. Wow. Uh, tortilla for them is remeque. Yeah, wow. so, okay. so it's very different. That's interesting. And my dad didn't even know their language. My dad, like, wore their sandals, was raised with the pinole. Yeah. That's incredible. My dad's from, my family, we're from the south side, south part of the canyon. Uh-huh. So more towards the south yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's kind of like this was meant to be then. It was like, yeah, so, yeah. you know, like I was telling you, when you asked me what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a financial analyst. I was yeah. like, one of these days I'll start my business. I don't know on what, but I'll do something. Sure. And I've always loved to give back. I've always been a big community guy and trying to help, and this kind of all brought it together you know right here i am sharing my family traditions i'm not making people healthier with their options and at the same time i'm giving back um, because part of our mission statement since the day i started is we're going to donate part of our sales back to the tarumana tribe that's incredible they uh they definitely lack a lot of resources being in a remote area that's the reason they have to run right and then they also don't get much resources even from the government or anyone so that's one thing i always pledge to do yeah definitely that's really cool um, so what other forms? So you mentioned there's the powder you drink with water or milk or however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. What other variations do you have? Yeah, so we started with just the original, just the dry mix, mm-hmm. roasted ground corn. Then I developed two protein mixes. People ask me, oh, do you have a background in nutrition? I have no, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, funny story, my yeah. senior year, I still lived at the dorms because yeah. I was on a scholarship. Uh-huh. And my roommate because we were still experimenting and I had like, I went to Whole Foods about all these different types of foods, different sugars. My roommate walks in and he's like, what the heck? I mean, mm-hmm. it's because there's just stuff everywhere. everywhere. And I was like, all I'm going to tell you is it's for a project and I'm not making drugs in here. <laughs> Rest assured. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I kept it very honest with him. But uh, anyways, we make two protein mixes. We've got the original and then we got the pumpkin spice. Uh, the pumpkin spice one is the top seller. Because it just has the roasted ground corn with cinnamon sugar and then a little bit of allspice. Yeah. And when you add warm milk to it or even water, it tastes like a chai tea yeah. or like a chai latte. And it's huge. We even have coffee shops making it to lattes. And then if you want a shot of espresso, they'll put it in there and it tastes delicious. That sounds amazing. The first one that picked us up was our coffee house here oh, in yeah. town yeah. on Riverside. Mm-hmm. And um, they still, if you go in there and ask for a latte, they'll make it with it. Oh, for you. I'll have to check that out. And um, then from there, we developed two cookies. We make our peanut butter no-bake cookies. We call them Enduro Bites. Yeah. Yeah, and that has our protein mix. We even put chia seeds in it. And then the other ones are blue corn sugar cookies. Okay. Uh, it's kind of – in Mexico, there's a very traditional pastry called the Mexican wedding cookie. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little flour cookie with powdered sugar on it. Yeah. If you go to any Hispanic party, <laughs> there's yeah. a chance they have them. <laughs> and I call them Mexican sugar cookies, except instead of flour, we make them with uh, blue corn. Okay. That's awesome. And we even have Leslie Coffee Shop selling them there. Like, if you get oh. a coffee, you go in there, and they have them there. They have oh, a cool we were just yesterday. Huh? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'm keep it you didn't see them. Yeah, they're right there on the front. I wasn't paying too much attention, I guess. Um, so where all do you sell your stuff right now? Yeah, uh, we're in so many. We're in 180 stores in 13 different states. We got all the Green Acres in town. We got most of the Hispanic stores. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the Juarez Bakery, they yeah. carry stuff. Um, even if you go eat over here at El Vaquero Mexican Grill, mm-hmm. 
they have a little display with all their stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, we don't really have a place that carries everything, but we also have our little retail space here. Sure. Um, a 242 North Cleveland. We just moved here in November. Mm-hmm. And if you come in, you can, on Fridays and Saturdays, we uh, you can get Pinoli products as well. Cool. And do you sell online? Yeah. And then we just launched, we've always started our online store with free shipping and then we just launched on amazon as well oh wow that's big yeah so we we have quite a different variation of all yeah places you can get it yeah so hopefully we continue to grow and get into box stores yeah Uh, we just got approved for whole foods so hopefully we get i was about to ask have you looked at whole foods or sprouts yeah we've you know what's funny is we've struggled to get into dylan's yeah but Whole Foods just picked us up. And then another funny story big is time. we're in no local running store. We struggled to get into them, but we got like a running store in Colorado. We got a running <laughs> store. We're about to get picked up in a running store in Iowa and another store in Minnesota. Wow. Oh, and then three running stores in Oklahoma. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Spreading all over the place. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about our products. We're so diverse. And then is it just the U.S.? I think I read something, some kind of international stuff you're kind of working on. Yeah. So we're just in the U.S., but just off Instagram. Yeah. Just talking about social media. We've had lots, a couple of European stores reach out to us that they really want to carry stuff. Really, uh, a running store in Charmony, France, wow. that wants to carry our product. But we're not even close to getting with all that legality. Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, there's a lot, a lot yeah. more to that. Oh, than. Yeah, yeah, that one's a whole other show, but hopefully someday. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the how did you come up with the logo, or did you hire somebody for that? Yeah, the so the logo at that time, uh, we hired someone else to make it, but then just the logo part. But all our other designs and everything was actually my roommate from my sophomore year. He was okay. Yeah, he was my roommate. Yeah. Uh, he studied graphic design at WCU. We kept a relation, and he's taken over. He's made the brochures and everything. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what's it like starting a company? Is it what you thought it was? Harder? Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's funny you're doing a podcast. <laughs> Have you ever listened to the podcast, How I Built This? Oh, all the time. Most of them, yeah. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, every time I'm traveling, I think I've listened to all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think How I Built This doesn't do such a bad job, but most of the time the media, when it comes to startups, they always talk about the successes. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of frustrating because it inspires you. Like, oh, I want to be my own boss. Yeah, I can yeah. do this. Like, I can drink coffee at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in my Tesla. No, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's hard. It's brutal. Uh, I used to joke around with people. I was like, are you thinking about starting a business? Well, I recommend you don't start it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it's not like that. Um, It's really hard. Um. It's definitely challenging because you really have to, you don't see the success, prepare to work extra than you ever have before. You don't see the money right away, so be prepared to be extra broke if you're right. already broke. Right. And that's definitely the, and then I think the biggest one is learning how to adapt because it's never a straight line. I mean, yeah. the stuff you learn in school definitely helps you set a foundation, but I had to read a 14-page document one time on nutrition labels alone. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I had no one to look at. I had to teach myself this. So, so learn how to adapt and wear many hats. Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of those podcasts and, like, movies, like, I think a good example is the um, the Social Network movie about Facebook. <laughs> I think it's, like, it makes it so glorified, and uh, there's, like, the success bias. Like, you hear about the stories that succeeded. You're not hearing about the 999 out of 1,000 that failed. Oh, and, yeah. Just like the long hours and the brutalness and yeah, it's bad. It's definitely different than what you see. Yeah, for sure. Is there, so do you still get your corn from Mexico or do you get it from somewhere else? We're still importing it from Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, I did get a guy that cleans seed here uh, in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and he uh, cleans it for me in Nebraska and then Mm -hmm. we buy it from him. He brings it in bulk and then we get it from him. Is there anywhere in the U.S. that grows in the u.s that grows blue corn yeah and uh the northern part midwest the corn belt starting to grow it now because of blue corn chips if you go oh to, yeah if you go yeah. to stores you see blue mm-hmm. corn chips most of the time it's blue corn a lot of them are dyed so just yeah. pay attention um but but they're starting to grow it now because of the blue corn chips i think nebraska um illinois and i think minnesota's starting to grow some too okay very yeah. cool um so how are, are you doing like a, a ton at a time like what kind of a scale is it like, oh yeah is it just like a ridiculous amount so um one thing i need to address i don't know if this is the right time but sure. we just started a tortilla division sure yeah uh, in november the tortilla division has been crazy <laughs> yeah uh we started the the whole tortilla factory and we're the only stone ground tortilla and what that means is we actually cook the corn grind the corn with a stone grinder which makes the dough and then put it through the machine. Yeah. Everyone uses an instant mix where all you do is add water and it makes the corn dough. Gotcha. Kind of like made from scratch, 
cake right. yeah. and box cake. The difference, yeah. It, the taste is way different. The texture is different. Those tortillas you see all day on the shelf, like they have tons of chemicals on them, and yeah. that's the reason they last so long. Um, so that side with the white, we also launched white corn tortillas for the Hispanic market just here in Wichita. Sure. And then the blue corn tortilla has been quite an expedition because yeah. when we first launched, people thought we were crazy. Like, why in the world would I eat a blue tortilla? People thought they were moldy. <laughs> like, it just didn't go the way yeah. we thought. Not what people expect. Well, we started selling tacos here in our parking lot right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I brought a friend that's a chef, and he helped us with the recipe, and we got it, and he's making tacos. Just from social media, we had Dining with Denise, Channel 3 News come out. Wow. I would say a good chunk of Wichita knows. If you tell anyone about a blue tortilla or a blue yeah. taco, they've probably heard about it or they know it's us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I go to breweries and people are like, hey, it's the blue t- taco guy. And I was like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> hey, not a bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so with the tortilla division, um, we're still small. We're still not at full capacity. But that mm-hmm. tortilla machine that I have back there can make 3,500 tortillas in an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And right now, we're just cranking on the weekend between five to 6,000 white corn ones. Wow. And then the blue ones a little bit less. Um, and then the panola side, we bring tons of corn at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, at first, it was just one ton, two tons. And then now, it's just more and more. We've made probably, sold like probably, I think we're at like four or five tons of blue corn just in the panola side. Yeah, that's cool. So eight to 10,000 pounds. Yeah. yeah. What's the shelf life of the different products? Or the so the, the dry mixes last up to two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not perishable. Right. It's a dry mix, and the cookies, they last six months. Mm-hmm. The tortillas refrigerated, they only last three weeks. So it's definitely yeah. a lot more it's perishable. Not bad, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We vacuum seal them to help preserve them, and then you just have to keep them refrigerated. Sure. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. It's yeah. not like and a you week can also, or something. Yeah, yeah, and you can also freeze them and yeah. stuff. So so they do a good, decent job. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what would you say your biggest challenge has been as a startup company? Is there, I mean, I'm sure there's a laundry list, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. If, what, what sticks out? I think the biggest one, as you say right now, is definitely um, educating people about our product because mm-hmm. it's so different. Like, yeah. You try to explain to someone over the phone what Pinole is. They think you're selling drugs or something. <laughs> they think you're yeah. crazy. Um, so that's the biggest thing because there's even the Hispanics that don't know what Pinole is. So yeah. we have to go out there, tell them what it is, what is it used for, and then sampling. They want to taste it. Like, you look at that blue corn sugar cookie, people are like, this looks weird, and they try it, and they love it. Our pumpkin spice mix, um, this is a perfect example, yeah. especially for this podcast. Um, Green Acres, I tried forever to send my stuff to them, and they would just, it took a while, because they've got a process. And one day, I just got frustrated, and I was out sampling for something, and I just went in there. I was like, I want to talk to the store manager. Yeah. I had a little Aeropot full of the warm milk with their drink mix. Sure. And I was like, try this. And he tried it. And he's like, wow, this is really good. And then he brought the whole deli department that came out. They all tried it. Then he brought all the upper management. Wow. That's next incredible. day, they put in a, a order. <laughs> that's amazing. That honestly sounds straight out of how I built this. With like the Stacy's pita chips or one of those. Exactly. They just walk straight in, make them try it. And, and I can just tell you unlimited stories of that. Another funny one is we went to uh, a big running store company in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's called Jackrabbit. They're huge. They own 70 running stores across the nation. Wow. I go in there, and I'm talking to their freaking HR department. They th- <laughs> thought I was crazy, and I was just like, hey, try this, try this. And the next thing you know, they call us for an appointment with the buyer the next month. Wow. That's what you got to do. Just keep doing that. So, yeah, a good chunk of our sales come from door-to-door sales. And, uh, sales come from door-to-door sales, and it's just, you know, telling people about it. Because once they try it, yeah. most of the time they love it. If people have, like, an allergy or it's part of their diet. Like, I respect that, you know. Sure. My product yeah. isn't for everyone. But that's definitely the biggest challenge, and there's tons of other crazy stories. But yeah, I bet. Yeah. Uh, so what's your team look like now? So you're kind of running the show. What does? How yeah, many I got. A, so I got another business partner mm-hmm. after I split with the first one, and he's taking over the social media. He's definitely my marketing guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see all those nice videos and stuff, yeah. those are yeah, it looks really good. Thank you. I'm impressed. Those are from him. Um, he does an incredible job. Is he here in Wichita? Yeah, he is. Cool. Um, he started another business too called Influx, and he does a lot of videography. Nice. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I have him, my business partner, and then we got three part-time employees right now. Okay. And what is it? Are you like CEO? What's I'm, your t- title I'm the CEO yeah. founder. Yeah. Uh, for a while, now that roles are cha- now that we're going so much, roles are kind of changing. But man, I did everything. I was the one roasting the corn, grinding the corn. Yeah. We put the labels on the bags. We seal the bags. I was doing the sales, everything. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still CEO and founder, and now I'm dedicating myself more to the, definitely the sales side. Cool. Uh, so what's your day-to-day look like then? Are you going, I mean, not necessarily door-to-door, but door-to-door with like <laughs> Green Acres and you other know, places? Uh, and... 
I'd say a good chunk of business is definitely networking like yeah. today. Um, you get new people or hear about events and stuff, definitely mm-hmm. the local presence. And then the other part is I do spend a lot of time on the road. Um, I was up in Minnesota for almost three three weeks ago for a yeah. whole week. And then um, we go to a lot of marathon expos. Yeah, that's really good. We idea. go from, we've been to the Houston Expo. We've been to the Austin Expo. We've been to Tulsa, Oklahoma City, lots in Colorado. I feel like I'm in Colorado almost once a month. <laughs> I'm actually going to the Leadville Race yeah. Expo next month. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my day to day can really change. But, you know, during the week, most of the time, like Monday through Thursday, I'm doing more of the back end stuff, you know, with payroll accounting and right. taking care of how we're doing on inventory and all that and yeah. trying to do networking, reaching back out to the store, seeing what we can do, checking social media, answering emails, all right. that fun stuff. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, we're cranking out tortillas. Yeah. And that takes up a big part. And we'll be making tortillas. We go out sampling, we're talking to restaurants, we're telling them, Hey, what can you do? And yeah, stuff stop. like that. So so yeah. Nice. Uh was what's the biggest challenge or if, is there a challenge to a startup in wichita like do you think it'd be easier or harder somewhere else than in wichita Ooh. um well i know every business is different every product's different yeah. right um one thing i tell people about wichita is there's some advantages and disadvantages right right but i think the big things is one it's super cheap yeah uh, no matter where you go and second thing is you're in the middle of the u.s so manufacturing or shipping and stuff it's perfect because even for the shipping, um, shipping is a weird thing. It's called, I think it goes by regions. Yeah. Like since you're in the middle of the U.S., your shipping's almost not going to be as expensive. Like if you're in Florida, shipping to Washington. Right, right. So it's, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about Wichita is, yeah, people complain that it's a very traditional city that, mm-hmm. you know, we've had the same stuff for so long. But one thing I do tell thing to people is Wichita, the people are so nice and the culture if you can make things, if your business is just a little bit different from the traditional and somehow you can levy it into that to yeah. teach the people to we're not so crazily different, right. you're going to be fine. People are going to come to you. And I think that's a big advantage for Wichita. Right. Um, and like they say, it's a big city with, sure. uh, well, it's a city with, in a small scale, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, makes sense. so I th- personally, I think it has a lot of advantages. Sure. Yeah. Um, were there any challenges as a minority kind of as a minority founder or anything like that? Yeah, I get this question a lot. And, you know, myself, um, yeah, I am first generation. Mm -hmm. I was raised in a small town and stuff. But to me, I think, honestly, it has been a bigger blessing. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong, I am a minority, but I'm a male. So I don't want to take credit away from if you're a female because they have to go through way more bigger challenges than probably I do. Uh, But for me, it's definitely been... Uh, great because an advantage because I speak the two languages. Yeah. I can go inside a Mexican store and talk to the owner and yeah. I can step out and talk to the CEO of a natural food store. Yeah. Um, and then, so that I think to me has been, been a huge advantage. And I think with me also being raised in a small town, I got to experience the most of the two cultures. I mean, right. <laughs> my, my mom, we would make turkey and stuff for Thanksgiving and then we would have Mexican tacos at the yeah. same time. So, yeah, no so to, for me, um, I don't see it too much of as a challenge. It's definitely been a blessing, and yeah. I'm very thankful for it. And so far, I think I do appreciate for what it has brought to me. Yeah, and I don't know who else would be kind of in the position to make Pinole. Like, you have, like, your family's from that area. Like, you've yeah, had yeah. it your whole life. I mean, I've never had it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't even have the idea to start it. it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it would have to be maybe something with immigrants, yeah. you're right. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of these running products, they could have developed something True. with it because, yeah. yeah, they don't know anything about it, but they know it works. So yeah. um, so that could have been an advantage for them. But sure. for me, I think it's been that. And I'm not a runner, so I had a, I've been <laughs> getting into running. <laughs> I'm we not much of a yeah, runner We either, didn't even so. have a cross-country team, so like, yeah. I ran track, and now I'm getting into running, and I've had to learn about runners and how yeah. things are different. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's been other disadvantages, but no, sure. for being a minority, um, no, I think it's, I've, <laughs> I've been very blessed actually that yeah. all the opportunities that have came up. That's awesome. Um, is there any competition? Does anybody else sell Pinole? I know you said it's kind of hard to find growing mm-hmm. up and everything, but is there anybody else? You know, it? there is a couple companies. If you mm-hmm. look up on Amazon, there's a couple like cheap yellow white sure. corn stuff. Um, uh, there's the two ones that I really consider competition. Well, maybe three is one out of Arizona called Mascorima Pinole. Okay. Um, but there's this like white corn comes in tubs. It's a little different. 
And then we have another one called Purely Panole. Mm-hmm. They're probably the biggest one. But they're, um, theirs is more like a hot porridge. Sure. It used to come like in little bowls, too. I think it comes in bags, too. And it's just super thick. Mm-hmm. And it's just different. Um, and I think the guy is from Central America. So, okay. so it's a little different. Yeah. And his is made with purple corn. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then he has some with like fruit and stuff in it. So he's, yeah, it is but, like but, a different... but I think he's going a different route now with like uh, granola bars and stuff yeah. too. And then there's another one that was a, um, what do they call it? Kickstarter? Yeah. But they're out of the UK. And oh, wow. That's <laughs> if you did research on them, uh, you might think they're really damn similar to us. <laughs> really? <laughs> was that before or after you? Guys? After me. <laughs> that's, that's the worst part. Um, because I think they're trying to make it with a blue corn and. I don't know. They raised a lot of money on Kickstarter, but goodness, you look at their packaging and everything. They're even making enduro bikes that look like mine, and uh, but they're in the UK market. Yeah. I don't even I don't even know where they've gone, but their packaging and everything looked awesome, like incredible. Yeah, but they're from the UK and they're claiming yeah, that they where... like have roots back to the Taramadas and stuff. And I don't know. It just seems hmm. a little different to me. Oh. Um, kudos to them, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there will be competition someday, and I think competition will help us. And I mean. Hopefully yeah. someday there's enough room for all of us in the right. market. Right? Rising tide raises all ships. Right. And That's how it goes, right? Yeah. Well, you got Wichita behind you, so we'll, yeah, thank we'll you. propel yeah, you yeah. to at least, <laughs> at least capture the U.S. and everything else. So. Yeah. Um, let's see here. How did your time at Wichita State help kind of propel Panola? Like, there was definitely the new venture competition, but like stuff you learned or networking, how did that help you? Yeah. there. You know, we had a whole article with Wichita State that came out, and they did a thing mm-hmm. about that. And, that's one thing I elaborated, you know. Um, goodness, I'm very thankful with my time at Wichita State. Um, I studied finance, but dang, with what I learned, it helped me a lot with where I'm at today. Uh, I would say not only, like, the knowledge, you know, they teach you the basics. Yeah. I only had one marketing class, but goodness, I'm thankful because I had to learn a lot of stuff from it. Uh, but, you know, I would say the connections was just huge. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I met my business partner, both business partners, yeah. uh, my previous one and the one I have now. Um, I've got to meet um, my professor. She was the one. She's the one that even gave me that that gave that inspired me to do yeah, it. Yeah. Like without WSU, that wouldn't even existed. Sure. And the venture new competition, yeah, financial stability was great. But you know, if I ever need something, I reach out to them, and they have connections. Um, and it's, so I would say the networking and the connections was the biggest one for me for Wichita State. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the name Pinole Blue. It, I love the name, but it's like it is very simple. How many names did you go through <laughs> to get to that? Uh, we were stuck on like three. It yeah. was like Panole Blue, Panole Azul, and just Blue Panole. I think that's okay. what we wanted to stick to yeah. the Panole because one, it tells you what it was. Sure. And you don't want to get too crazy. Well, that way we, it would be able to elaborate with the Hispanic market yeah. and the American market. So it was really hard what we're doing. And then we stuck with blue because it was blue corn. Like, yeah, I think it's perfect it balance. Stuck out perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were really close to picking panola azul, um, but panola blue really stuck out, and people liked it. It flows nice, yeah. and that's what that's what we picked. Nice. Um, so I know it's not cheap to start something like this <laughs> or any startup or business. So you had a little bit of funding from the competition. Yeah. Did you get a lot of connections with investors from that, or how did that process of did you go get investors or was it family? How do you fund it? You know, for over a year, we bootstrapped it. Yeah. We didn't raise a single penny. That's awesome. I don't even know to this day how the heck we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we had no marketing budget. We were just working these crazy hours. Yeah. I was driving around, going to these dang expos. I would put the dang, uh, the expo fee on a credit card. Yeah. I would go to the expo and I just prayed that we would have enough money to pay for it. <laughs> And that's how we did it for the longest time. Uh, we had a small little facility down in Hayesville uh, with Bash Brothers Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Jane Salsa is with them, too, at that time. she's She has her own place now, and then I have my own place. And I'm very thankful for them. They taught me a lot about the food process and everything. And um, So, yeah, just the long hours. But we finally grew, and we thought we needed a little more money. And mm-hmm. um, I found an investor, and he gave me a loan at first. And then... Uh, we got the idea with the tortilla division and that's where I had to look for bigger sure. money and that's where the investor came in. Uh, he's not from Wichita, someone I personally knew growing up. Okay. And he's definitely helped me tremendously. Yeah. And that's what helped with all the machinery back there. I was going to say, how difficult was it even figuring out like what machinery you oh, and stuff? I did a lot of research and I don't know. My dad does road construction okay. and I helped him a lot. So I'm pretty pretty good with the hands-on stuff and yeah i did do some research i'd try i saw a couple other tortilla places in town and these machines came out of out of houston and that the worst part 
um, and it is that no, tor- uh, we're one of the only tortillas making it out of stone ground. Yeah. So all these tortillas are ma- are made for that dry mix mm-hmm. that is very smooth. Excuse me, when you add water to it, and yeah. it runs perfectly. And here we are grinding the corn, trying to get it as smooth, so right. the machine thinks it's the same thing. Yeah. You're an engineer. Try thinking how this yeah. went. <laughs> We had belts popping, wires popping. I mean, it oh, took man, like yeah. a couple months till we got it dialed down on the recipe. Yeah. And corn is a very interesting product because everything affects it. Heat, the... A lot of variables. The dust, everything. So we had to really dial it down. And um, so uh, so that's where I did my research and kind of seeing what we were doing. And that's where I picked the machinery that we have now. Sure. And then the other one was uh, money because we didn't have the money to <laughs> right. buy a really, really nice one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Shocker Venture Competition, can you just talk a little bit about what that process actually looked like? Are you people checking in with you like throughout the semester? Or are you just kind of going and then it's a big presentation at the end? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah. Um, so actually what kind of helped it too was this other program that WSU has called iCorp. Okay. Or maybe it's iCorp, I-C-O-R-E. Yeah. Um, you bring them an idea and they sometimes even give you money and you just have to go to like five classes sure. every Saturday. And mm-hmm. um, A lot of biomedical engineers and stuff do it too just to get their idea, you know, kind of thought of. But then the Shocker Doom Venture Competition, you apply first. Um, can't remember, actually, the very first part. I think you just submit your idea with, like, a little video. That's all yeah. it is first. And then after that one, then you have to send your business plan. And then after the business plan, it's a trade show with 16 teams. Okay. Uh, I think originally, like, 100 or hundred people yeah. sign up, and mm-hmm. then we made it to the final 64, and then from sure. the trade show, it comes down to 16. And then the trade show is really cool because you have like a little table and you're throwing in. Pitching everybody. And, it, and it's open to everyone. So you have a lot of judges come in. You have students coming in. That's cool. And then uh, from there we have the final round, which is the, the top five. And then this one is just the investors and the judges. Well, sorry, no investors, just the judges. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come and you pitch to them. It's in Devlin Hall. It's really cool. That is cool. Uh, it's definitely in private and stuff. And, um, and then from there they select the winners and – I think the top three or four places get money, so nice. so it's not just first place. Yeah, we win, and then uh, well, me graduating it may be a little different. You know, I, I wasn't as super connected. Yeah, but no, they check in every so often. I check in with them, and there's times I need something, right. and we reach out to them. But we still keep in close connection. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what's next? Just continue to try to pick up store by store, get into like, the <laughs> Whole Foods of the world and stuff like that. What's, what's yeah? What's I mean, next? if it was that easy, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um. Our goal is to, with Amazon, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. to pick up. It's definitely picked up a lot. Is to continue to grow it, and the other thing is to continue trying to get into the big box stores. That's that's mm-hmm. what we want to do. We want to get into the big box stores, and then continue promoting with the running stores and getting into the like coffee shops and stuff, and yep. and just making people aware of what Panola is. Yeah, um, that's our goal right now, and then in the future, definitely hit the international market and just right. continue to grow. That's awesome. Um. So what is something you wish you knew when you started that you, you is there like <laughs> a major lesson? I mean, it's true. Again, I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Um, I say this one so often, I maybe should think of a better one, but one thing I should, I always tell people is I wish I would have knew more about like food regulations. Yeah. Especially like with the food processing license and nutrition label and all that stuff. I mean, the barbecue sauce guy and, and Sarah Jane helped me a lot, but it's a whole nother language. Like you got to go get insurance and this and okay, that. Yeah. I had to send all my stuff to K-State and they test you for the nutrition Everything, and they send yeah. it back. And then even the size of the font has to be legal wow. on the nutrition, yeah, yeah. like just stuff like that. All the little stuff. Um, to me, I thought it slowed me down and, was driving me crazy so yeah. i wish i would just had a little more guidance there and yeah maybe someone with a nutrition background as well right but how to learn it myself yeah. and here That's we are today learn, and so. uh if anyone ever needs help <laughs> i i tell them i had to learn all of it so i'm more than willing to help them out with it awesome very cool what so um like you just said i mean you're willing to help out other people what has the startup ecosystem in which I look like? Has that helped a lot? I, I've talked to a couple other people in town, like the Lawn Buddy guys and a few other people. Have you talked to many of those guys? Yeah. Um, all the startup people, we all know each other. <laughs> that's, just, that's what it seems yeah, like. Yeah. Jocelyn and yeah, Steven we, and everybody. We, we, uh, we may not hang out with each other. We may not be all in the same office, but we all know of each other or right. seen each other. I mean, it's, they're not that many of us, but right. we all know each other. Uh, I think 
yeah, the culture's changed a lot, as you know, uh, with all these little startup pubs and mm-hmm. uh, One Million Cups and uh, Jacob Wayman doing the, yeah. uh, the what's this called? Startup Grind. Yeah, Startup yeah, Grind. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Um, so I think that's great. I mean, it's tremendous, uh, especially because Wichita being so traditional. Yeah. Um, even I feel like at WSU, like, people are scared to step out of the yeah. tradition of I'm going to go get a job and work. It's true. Uh, yeah. Which there's no wrong with that. Like, yeah. if you're happy, I don't care. And it's just not the route I chose. Um, but I, I think I do know as a fact that many people were like me, like they were just scared and it's just that fear of failure. And yeah, it is scary. I, I will tell you that. But goodness, once you've burned a couple of bridges and stuff, it's well not burn bridges, but if once you've gone hit rock bottom, like you definitely bounce back. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but with the culture here, I think, um, one thing that I think Wichita is the first uh, that Wichita I think should do also a better hand is we have a lot of the big businesses and stuff and I mean they do put some money into the donations and stuff yeah. and we have all these little hubs but I think we still need to do a better job of giving each other a hand especially sure. with businesses that have been around for a while um, and then it's sometimes I think for a business it's not so much it's just you know, signing them a check or tell them do this instead of doing that. I think you really almost have to walk with them hand to hand, explain to them, do this, check in with them more often because there's a lot more to it. Um, And I think that's one thing Wichita still lacks. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. The startup culture is coming along, but we still struggle. We're still struggling with uh, giving a hand culture, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say, I mean, for being, we're very Midwestern. So people are at least nice. (laughs) It's not as bad as other places. And I think that's a big thing. Yeah, um, I've, I'm just kind of getting plugged into the whole startup grind. Um, some like the, it's now W or like Young Professionals, which yeah. all that kind of stuff, just the last year or so. But it does seem like it's gaining steam. Like it more is. People seem to get it involved. Is. It, and, it's, yeah. it's done a big change. And I mean, as we know, Wichita's changed a lot with the whole local. Yeah. It's done awesome. I mean, with all the breweries and the coffee shops. Local pride, like yeah. The local pride and uh, I think that's changed a lot. Um, I wasn't from Wichita, but my sister did go to Wichita State, mm-hmm. and I came in right at the right time. I came yeah, in here did. in 2013, right after the Final Four team. Yep. And it was just when everything just took it off. Was on fire, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's one thing I got to say. I think we're doing a good job, but we can definitely do a better job. Sure. What advice would you have for those, uh, either, I mean, Wichita State students or students in college or people that have an idea that want to start something? What advice do you have for them? Yeah. Um, you know, the Wichita State new venture competition, I believe, is open to everyone. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be Wichita State students, so that's a big one. Um, the other thing is, I mean, even the Cox Business competition, but mm-hmm. just to get started with, yeah, one thing I tell people, there's, like, so many little hubs that I think if you were to start a business, it might even be scary. You don't even know which one to go to or right. who to talk to, um, which kind of is, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, you can start with the baby steps, like, you can talk, reach out to another entrepreneur, maybe go to one of those, and definitely try to find guidance in someone that's kind of related to your area. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one. And even your professors, I mean, they can be your best friends. Sure. So uh, they're not there just to <laughs> grade your papers right. and fail you. No. Um, I've gotten graded by some, some of my professors. That's awesome. Um, do you have anything else to touch on for Panola? Yeah. I, uh, one thing I, I yeah. sorry, I want to address on that no, last yeah, picture please. of. Yeah entrepreneurship sure as i mentioned which is very friendly and like i said if you have an idea you can really talk to anyone um i met a lot of people like the running store that just went in there and talked to them they gave me good advice um i actually gave a funny story one time uh, when i was first learning how to even grind corn because i was clueless <laughs> i was at great harvest and yeah. it says fresh flour milled every day right and i talked to the manager i was like hey is your flour really milled here She's like, yeah, we have the mill in the back. Come see it. And she showed me it. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> and, like, showed me how it works. And she showed me what brand. And I'm just telling you, like. You just got to ask. So just just ask. That's the biggest thing. And Wichita people are very friendly. Like, even if you don't get along with them, they'll, they'll talk to you or say hi. And, right. and that's one big advice I have to give people. That's awesome. Um, so we're just going to switch it up just a little bit. I yeah. have some questions that I kind of cherry picked from some of the other podcasts I listen to. So <laughs> You're going to be in the next Guy Ross. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, what is something you often recommend to people like books, podcasts, anything like that? Ooh, okay. Um, personally, I'm a huge guy with how, um, how's it called? The guy Ra's one. How I built this. How I built this. That one's huge. Uh, that one's helped me a lot. Um, 
books, the shoot, uh, Phil Knight Shoe Dog. Yep. Have you great, read it, the Nike one? That's a great one? book, yeah. Read that that's one? fantastic. Have you read uh, the one about the Tom Shoes guy? Um, I actually just finished that. Uh, Purpose? Start Something That Matters. Yes. Yeah. That I one actually just finished that like a month really? ago. Really? Yeah. Look at you. I mean, I'm going to give you advice then. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That one's huge. I think that one definitely opened my, my mind on that one. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and then one thing I started doing, uh, I like started following like the Forbes Instagram page sure. and maybe like the um, uh, Forbes is a good one. Bloomberg, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, for me, because I'm very businessy and stuff, but for sure. I don't know if you're an engineer, you might want to follow some of those big manufacturing plants or yeah, some definitely. of those facilities. So I think just be more around um, things that interest you, like a support group. Mm-hmm. And the other big thing is know what you're not good at sure and be able to admit to it that's a big one um there's a lot of things i'm not good at and i've had to learn that okay eddie you can't do this you have to have someone else do it sure um so that's a big one as well but those i mean the guy raws how i built this you just said books and that's it right (laughs) yeah whatever whatever you want i mean Yeah, yeah i think those are huge and i think the other thing is um just like reach out just ask you know if you see a business owner or something just ask you know you know you go to some of these events most of the time people stick around and just ask them like hey how'd it go with this uh one of the early people i talked to was um oh i can't think of her name the lady that's made tea the tea company Uh, i'm not sure i can't think of her name right now but you know i just have she started a little tea manufacturer just like hey how'd you do it how'd you get into whole foods just stuff like that yeah yeah um so I think that's 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 a big one. Learn how to ask. Sure. Um, do you have a favorite failure? It doesn't necessarily have to be Pinole Blue, but it could be. <laughs> yeah. Failure. Um, there's so many, and <laughs> this one might be getting old, but this one's a really funny one. Um, <laughs> when I first started, and I brought I brought in corn. Um, mm-hmm. At that time, I bought it in a tote. Okay. Two thousand pounds of corn in this huge white tote <laughs> on a pallet. I mean, this thing was just enormous. It looked kind of like what landscaping rock comes yeah, in, yeah. you know. And uh, it, I had it down in, I think I had it in mini storage at that time or something because we didn't even have time room for it in Hayesville. Mm-hmm. And I needed to move it <laughs> from that facility to somewhere else. I tried, and I didn't want to go rent a skid loader just to move it. I have a truck, and I was mm-hmm. just gonna get a little trailer and move it. Right. And I didn't thought renting a skid loader was worth it because it literally was going to take like 30 minutes. I asked everyone I could. I, I mean, I was even, I was going into job sites at landscaping company. It's just like, hey, can you come give me a hand? Like everything. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to save money. And when you're poor, you <laughs> you get really creative. And this one, uh, well, I guess this was a failure, right? But I guess it's more <laughs> of a success. But this is a good one, though. Is I literally went to the parking lot at Home Depot. Yeah. And I saw a contractor going in there with a huge bobcat, and I was like, hey, I need a favor, and I'm r- over there. Can you come help me? And legit, that's how I got that guy to come help me. That's awesome. I hey. paid him 50 bucks, and yeah. he loaded me. <laughs> hey, I was gonna, it takes. I was going to pay 250 to go rent one. Right. <laughs> hey, make it work. So that's a big one. And then uh, failures. Whew. Failures, failures. We haven't had any big ones. Mm-hmm. Um I think one time, I'm trying to think. That's just one that I overcame. Um, yeah, I think another fail, one failure I had is we used to uh, subcontract our blue tortillas before I started my tortilla factory. Mm-hmm. I had someone else, I would take them the blue corn and they would make the blue tortillas for mm-hmm. me. And this <laughs> individual, I didn't even sign a non-compete or anything because, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It was just a small amount, and I didn't think the person even wanted to sign one for me. Well, this person actually had the guts that told me they wanted to take my idea to start selling their own blue corn tortillas. Oh, wow. And I was just like, goodness, what are we going to do? Because at that time, I was just yeah. taking them to a couple of restaurants. It was sure. no big deal, but, I mean, it was nice because yeah. it was starting to get the – it was it's my idea. A little bit of traction, yeah. And uh, – I didn't sign the non-compete, and then this happened, and he said, <laughs> he had the guts to tell me this, and I was just like, okay, that's fine. You have your contracts, and I have my contracts, and we don't interfere with each other. Sure. And he said, that's fine. Well, I got a call from every single one of my vendors that that guy came up and showed him oh my, <laughs> my tortillas. Yeah. And, oh, man, that was probably the biggest one, and Sounds like that a was the biggest motivation of why I started my own tortilla factory. Yeah. 
So I was a failure. Uh, I should have learned, and uh, I guess it could have been worse, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that's tough. We still yeah. haven't had huge failures, but that one's definitely. That's a big hurdle to overcome, though. I mean, yeah. Especially when you trust somebody. Oh, yeah, it's it, rough. It sucked. It, I mean, at that time, I thought it was the worst thing ever. Right. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, now you have your own pack. I mean, you might not have if. That didn't happen. Yeah, so, no, it didn't. In disguise, maybe. So that's why they say your best, your failures are your sometimes going to lead to your best successes, and yeah. maybe that's what it took. Because sure. <laughs> maybe without that happening, I probably wouldn't have the tortilla factory. Right. right yeah, no doubt. Um, what is your definition of success? Success. Um, yeah, for everyone it's different, but just for my personal or what, what you or, or what success would be for me for the business. Either way. Okay. Um, well, I think success to me. I guess I can kind of tie it in both ways. Isn't really so much how many bags of product I sold at the end of the day. To me, I'm not as worried about that. To me, I think honestly, what's the biggest motivator for me in success is how many people did I help? How many people did I change their diet to something healthier, a better alternative? Um, one example is our pumpkin spice drink. Mm-hmm. You add warm milk to it, um, it only has seven grams of sugar. A pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks has 45 grams of sugar. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, a little bit healthier. So we're definitely promoting health here, and so at the end of the day, it's just like how many people did I promote their health, and then how many people at the end of the day did I give back to? Right. That ties into the roots of what they did. You know, the Tarumaras are an incredible tribe, and sadly, people never even heard about them until this American journalist went down there and right. wrote a book on them. Yeah. Um. So to me, I think one someday when I go to a Hispanic store. I go to a Dylan's. Um, there's a, I don't know if you heard of Mexican hot chocolate called have, Abuelita. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Starting to get really big with the American market. Yeah. I think success would be one day you're walking down the aisle and you see chocolate Abuelita and then you see a bag of Panola Blue right next to it because we relate yeah. so close to each other on products. And um, if it gets to the international level, I mean, that that's great too. And just th- that's to me is the biggest thing. Yeah. It's how many people did I help and how many people did I give back to. That's awesome. That's a great goal. Do you have a life motto you live by, or what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Yeah. Um, a big one from my parents has always been, um, it's kind of cliche with the, um, how, how's it go? The, like when you give favors and then favors will come back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, good deeds, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a big guy with the deeds and just being nice. I think a lot of my success has honestly just been from meeting someone or just yeah. being nice like um the freaking wi- that wichita state competition my sister won it 10 years before me oh wow i didn't wasn't even gonna apply to it and they actually sent me they actually sent me an invite to apply to it and that's amazing i come and i mean yeah i had good grades but my ct score definitely wasn't great but you know it's just you know the confidence and just being nice you just never know of of giving back and i think that's a that's a big one that I live by, and yeah. um, another motto <laughs> that I think I helps anyone really is uh, one thing my mom has always told me because we were raised pretty tough. Both parents were blue collar. My mm-hmm. mom cleans houses for a living, and my dad does road construction. Is it's not really um, it's not how much money you make while working because mm-hmm. anyone can make money. Right. It's how you administrate that money. Yeah. Is what is what's gonna get you along. It's just how you use that money. And yeah, it's cliche, right? Whatever, but it's actually a big thing. Like, sure. You can have, be really poor and you can still get by just knowing how you're using your money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life? <laughs> uh, whew, uh, <laughs> improved my life. Definitely asking. That's improved yeah. me a lot. Like, you <laughs> We, I used to be very, well, I wasn't super timid, but I was always still scared, like, to even ask people, like, even ask a store owner or anything, and I've met so much incredible people just asking, like, just asking people to try my product, just, and that's, that's, that's been a big one for me, and I know it's cliche again with just the being nice, but just being kind to other people, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, if you're nice to them, there's a chance they'll be nice to you, and if they're mad at you, just what do you why why are you going to be mad back at them i right. mean they're it's just you don't have to be at the level and um so i think the biggest one is uh with that and yeah i'm, 
I will admit I'm terrible with trying to get sometimes into routines because mm-hmm. my schedule's so crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So so I'm not the best one to ask on that. I'm not one of those <laughs> entrepreneurs that gets up at six AM, runs, does he drinks coffee right. and is at the office. No, because my schedule's crazy sometimes. Yeah. Or sometimes I'm getting up at four AM to make tortillas or sometimes I'm getting up sleeping in because I wanna catch up on sleep. But yeah. Um yeah, I mean self care is still huge though. I, I don't I still tell people, you know, and just yeah, my crazy, my schedule's crazy. People are like, how do you do that? How do you balance? And balance is big, you know? Like, still make sure I try to get enough sleep, at least seven hours. I try to eat my correct meals, yeah. work out when I can. And um, I go to a therapist. I think that's great. I think everyone, mental health is huge. Yeah. Um, almost every entrepreneur does some type of uh, yoga or meditation or goes to a therapist. Right. Um, I'm pretty bad with yoga. But <laughs> I, I, if I had more time, I wish I could do it. And I, I think that's a big one is balance. Right balance is huge yeah for sure what's your favorite part of wichita or is there a hidden gem that people might not know about yeah i mean me not being from wichita is a little different but i mean i've been here for five years now six years now Mm -hmm. uh what do i like the most about wichita i think a lot of people say this is just being cheap is the greatest second of all people are pretty nice uh the other thing is the fact of how it has everything of a big city mm-hmm. in small scales, yeah. you can get from one side to the other. Um, the other thing is uh, the even the businesses. I, I mean, I like to brag about Wichita. It's like, hey, do you know, like, it's the air capital of the world. Do you know Coke Industries is there? Do you right. know Cargill's there? And people are just, like, mind blown, you know? Right. Um, one thing that you probably don't, you probably have zero idea about this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, if this interests anyone... <laughs> It's cool. If they don't care, I don't care. But Go for it. You see that cardboard over there? I do. You see that guy with the hat? I do. So that guy's name is Pepe Tovar. Okay. He started a Hispanic, almost like a Tex-Mex band, a yeah. Tejano Norteño band. Yeah, yeah. He is from Wichita. Really? And he was in the 80s, I believe he started. He was huge in the 90s. He is so big. He's probably one of the hittest icons. I know he relates more to the Hispanic market. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But he has been even on the L.A. Times wow. interviewed because in the 90s or 80s, he was the biggest like Hispanic Tejano, Tejano band on the U.S. side. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And people don't even know he's from Wichita. He actually owns the restaurant called Tacos y Mas over on, right by uh, Trinidad on Oliver yeah, and yeah. Kellogg. Uh-huh. Yeah, the yeah. little Mexican restaurant. Yep. Yeah. He owns that. Wow. This guy's like 70 years old. And, oh, well, I don't know. I might offend you, Pepe. 60 years old, and he's still going on tours and all over the U.S. He's been on some of the biggest Hispanic news channels. He's wow, been on the incredible. L.A. Times. I did not know anything about and, that. I mean, Hispanics don't even know who he is. My dad yeah. had his cassettes, and we'd always listen to no him. Yeah. And I come to Wichita, and people had told me he lived here, right? But I didn't know much. Yeah. And I was eating at that restaurant just, I don't know, I was just... I, when I first moved to Wichita, I was yeah. trying like all the to- taco places in town. As you know, we have a lot. Uh-huh. And he's just there. And I'm like, are you Pepe Tovar? He's like, yes, sir. I was like, are you the Pepe Tovar? He's like, yeah. I was like, no way. Like, I took a picture, <laughs> sent it to my dad. <laughs> That's <laughs> and then, amazing. And this guy's like, who the heck is this guy? But anyways. Um, That's cool. I partnered with, well, I partnered with him. But I reached out to him after I met him and yeah. stuff. And we even made like a cool little funny Spanish YouTube video with yeah. him. He comes out drinking the tole and it gets on his mustache. He's known for his mustache. I mean, yeah, look at that thing. That, it has my handlebars on that thing. <laughs> And, that's amazing. And uh, we made a YouTube video with him, and it, it exploded. Like we have people really? all over watching. I think it's like at fourteen thousand views. That's there. Oh wow! And uh, we have him now on our little display cases, uh-huh. and it says for a good atole, it must be have it has it needs good a pinole, pepe tovar. <laughs> and here in Wichita, it's sad. Like a lot of people don't know about him, and um, he's not as huge. But you go to Colorado, yeah. Nebraska, even Iowa, I didn't even know people were like, you know Pepe Tovar? I was like, yeah, I got a picture with him. And they're like, holy cow. Man, I'm going to have to meet him. That's cool. And especially, I mean, he's definitely more of the older generation. And he has have some songs that ties in some English and Spanish. And it's I'm going to look him up right after. He's hilarious. You need I'll to see link him up, too. I'll link up that video, too, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. And um, So that, I mean, people probably don't want to hear this as a hidden gem. But for me, I think it's incredible. That is really cool. Um, and then especially my generation, people have no idea, but all the older people, they know exactly who he is. Right. He was huge. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I'm definitely going to look that up. Um, so that that's definitely a, a big one. Nice. But no, in Wichita, I mean, 
we have so many breweries and stuff. And one thing I always tell people is, yes, people complain it's boring. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you were to really look into it, there's a lot of things going on in Wichita. So I think people need to just get out of the comfort zone and just go out and try stuff. I mean, you can go to, you can join a running club. You can join the bigger club. There's even like so many uh, different churches groups and different stuff. And events are huge. Taco Fest is next week. It's it's grown so much popularity. We're going to be going there. Um, just the events, you know, just be involved is what sure. I really tell people. I was just like, nice. if you complain about Wichita, then that's how Wichita is going to be. If you go yeah. out and be involved, it's going to change. Definitely. Uh, side note, who has the best tacos in town? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I might get in trouble for this. Okay, well, you get to pass with this. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you some recommendations. Uh, a big favorite of mine is, we might be a little biased here, is Los Compadres Mexican okay. Grill. Yeah. They use our blue tortillas. Yeah. So the tacos on the blue tortillas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little biased. That one's really good. Um, I'm a big fan of those. Uh, Another big one, this may be one of the most underrated Mexican restaurants in Wichita. It's cleared out on 47th and Broadway. Okay. Called El Viejito. I have not been down there. Uh, It just opened. He used to be on the west side. Okay. Uh, Right by that Applebee's. Okay. Way down there. It's on that corner, Renfrew and Dillon's. Uh, is my favorite Mexican restaurant. Okay. I highly I'll recommend it to there. anyone. Yeah. Um, not trying to be biased. He also makes up with our blue corn, <laughs> and then he also makes us with our blue corn dough. Yeah. It's called a huarache. It's kind of like a tostada. Mm-hmm. He lays it out, makes it with our blue corn dough, and then we'll add um, rice and beans. No, sorry. We'll only add rice. We'll add beans to it, and then put whatever meat you want. Yeah. And then we'll put a sauce and sour cream. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, it's freaking delicious. I try that. And has one dollar tacos on Tuesdays. Perfect, even but, better. But no, overall, um, Wichita has so many taco options. I just a lot. make sure to tell people just go out and try something different. You know. Yeah. I mean, sorry if I offended everyone on there, but there's a <laughs> lot of good ones. I mean, Publix you're making tacos with our tortillas. Yeah. Uh, Los Pinos is a good one too. A lot of the food trucks are really good. They yeah, used, they are. One of my favorite food trucks just closed. So. Yeah. It, it was up on Broadway, so okay. it just really depends what you yeah, want. For sure. Is there anything which uh doesn't have that you wish it did? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think here. Um, just or anything you wish Wichita could I was thinking of something really cheesy like the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> but <laughs> but Somebody no. else has mentioned that, actually. Really? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was right around the time at, like Wichita Cheesecake just opened. Yeah, yeah. So I, I haven't, haven't, been, go- I haven't, I haven't gone either. either. I'm a Cheesecake fan, even, but I don't think we need a Cheesecake Factory. Like <laughs> I only eat the cheesecake. I don't even eat the food at Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> but they're everywhere. Um, whew. I mean, this might be shooting big, but, you know, I wish we had, uh, I mean, which is, I'll say, a football team would be awesome. And, I mean, yeah, no doubt. If we had a professional sports team, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but I don't know. I think if we were to compare our city, like, let's say, to Tulsa or something mm-hmm. similar, I just wish we could still be more connected, um, and especially with, like, the entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and just the small business don't get me wrong it's, it's came a long way yeah. but i think we can still do a better job yeah because i mean if you could like compare it to the other cities i mean each city has their own uniqueness and i mean so that's what i think every city is a little bit different so i think like wichita sometimes is trying too hard to be like other cities yeah and doesn't focus within itself sure and that's my view on it and i think like hey like just because they're doing something else uh, doesn't mean we need to do it too, you know. Right. Um, or just because they started one, I think we need to be traditional of showing our own ways what we're different of, you know. Right. Like support the local artists and support this and stuff, you know. Hundred uh, percent. Go to the local farmers market. Just something that makes it different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't need more change, so scratch out the cheesecake yeah. factory. But <laughs> just just something that makes it different, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big one. I mean, the whole. And we do. I mean, we got like the whole Cowtown area. We got the Old Town area that's very different, unique. Um, the we're the air capital of the world, and I think sometimes we're we. I mean, we do a great job with the flag and stuff, but um, but the factories are just on the outskirts. You know, you don't. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about it, so I don't know. We had more inclusion with that too. Yeah, definitely. Just something, you know. Um, Wichita State, we have quite a bit. I mean, our basketball program and a lot of other the huge. Uh, with all the engineering and stuff, just something, you know, that makes it more different. So I think if we quit focusing on kind of being like other cities and trying to be work with them sure. ourselves too. Definitely. Yeah. And at the same time, I mean, don't get me wrong, we don't want to be too left behind from the trend. So we yeah. definitely need to be more on top of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does Wichita mean to you? Wow. Uh, 
You know, Wichita to me has definitely became my, my second city. I mean, I came here not knowing anyone. Um, since the get ground, I, I, I joined the Hispanic American Leadership Organization at Wichita State. Mm-hmm. I was a president there. I was always out going around meeting businesses and just meeting people and getting my name out in the community. And to me, I would say, uh, I think we can almost say, like, without Wichita, <laughs> Penelope wouldn't exist. You know, the fact that people were willing to try our products at least and at least come here to try our tacos in the parking lot in, a car yeah. <laughs> in an industrial area. So I think Wichita to me is not only like the birthplace <laughs> to my business. I almost call it like my baby, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it it's definitely been uh, the big door to me. I mean, it's where I came for my education. Now it's where I came for my business, and it's opened a lot of other doors for me. Yeah. Um, would could this happen in another city? Yeah, maybe, but um, but the way it's been, the way it has been already. I mean with when I tell people about my business and stuff like that or the people I've met so far, they're just like, wow, like you sound like you're in a startup area in like San Francisco or something, right, yeah. you know, people are just amazed. Like Wichita, Kansas, really? So to me, uh, yeah, to me now, uh, I'm proud to tell people, yeah, we started in Wichita, Kansas and I'm from a small town in Kansas. And I'm a very proud Kansan. Like we're, <laughs> I'm always like bragging about facts, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we produce your wheat. We know you make our beef, <laughs> but but no, I think uh, it's everything. I mean, and Wichita is very unique. We have so many different cultures. We have so many different religions. Yeah. Um, there's so much, there's a lot of employment. Um, it's pretty solid. And, uh, and I feel like for the most part, any place you go to Wichita, there's just a blend of different foods, a blend of different people. And, yeah. 100%. And it doesn't matter your background. I think that's, that's a big one for Wichita. And I, and I, it means a lot to me. I, to me, I look at Wichita almost like, um, how would I ex- give you a good explanation of this? Kind of like in the 1800s, you know, when the U.S. was expanding and mm-hmm. so many wave of immigrants were coming and people were bringing different ideas and yeah. stuff. I think as Wichita is that. I think yeah. we're like the Nothing pioneer land right now because we have so many different cultures coming here. We have so many different types of foods. Yeah, It is just like the perfect picture of what America is. Um, yeah. And people working together in all types of backgrounds. We have tons of agriculture we have lots of manufacturing um and to me i think that's that's what wichita is to me i think it's a perfect example of what the u.s should be awesome i like that um where can people find you on social media personal or panole blue yeah panole blue just p-i-n-o-l-e blue b-l-u-e panole blue okay um most of the time i'm the one checking the messages too so if you can send us an email most of the emails are just contact at panole blue okay Send us a DM. Um, come here, two four two North Cleveland. I promise you, if I'm not here, all my employees are very friendly. Mm-hmm. They can tell you. And if you, anyone, uh, the phone number. We don't even have a business number. It goes to my <laughs> cell phone, so yeah. I'll answer the phone. And yeah. if I don't get back to you, I'm sorry. We're we're really really busy, but we do a really good job trying to keep up with everyone. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just last thing, do you have any final comments or calls to action for the community or Wichita? No, uh, maybe I said too much. I don't know if I bored people, but no, this is um, awesome. But no, I think that I think we just like I said, we're doing a good job, and we need to continue to grow as a community. And other big businesses maybe need to help the little businesses out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've been a Mexican restaurant for twenty years and you're doing a great job, and here's little Eddie with a blue corn <laughs> tortilla, like you know, it wouldn't help be a bit, out, yeah. it wouldn't be a bad idea just to put it on the menu for a week or something. Just give it a try. I mean, yeah, step out of the the comfort zone just for a little bit and i mean this is just an example for me right right uh but everyone i mean if you've never even gone to the farmer's market just go there one day if you've 100%. never gone to a final friday go to the final friday like mm-hmm. just, just just go step out of your comfort zone i think it's a big one for wichita cool all right Eddie. <laughs>